Bush and Ritchie here with the podcast. Uh, we speak often about how there is uh, content in this that might not be available should you choose to be listening to the version of it uh, that is a live radio broadcast. Um, and uh, one thing that uh, we never spoke about on the show is, Bush, you know how I've been talking to you privately recently about the room that I'm broadcasting uh, my part of the show in at, uh, at home at the moment, how it's in yeah. this state of disrepair and how I was looking forward to uh, plastering it once I'd got all the wallpaper off. Yes, I remember you were, you were very adamant about the fact you were like it, like a little bit like it, just giving someone a quick wipe with a cloth. You said that you were just going to just plaster it. Yeah, yeah, really, really excited about it. Look, always, always look fun to me, plastering, you know, just uh, making little patterns and just swishing around with your plaster and your, your little plasterboard and all that kind of thing. It has been taken away from me. Uh, I, I found out this morning that my wife has got a quote for it to be done professionally. So rather than it be done on the cheap and me do it and me have a go at it, we're paying for it. Do you know what, though, deep down, I think you're waiting for that to happen. For me, it was a little bit like, you know when someone starts an argument outside of Yates's Wine Lodge, but they do that thing where they put their arms back for their mates to hold them back. It was a little bit like that. <laughs> How very dare you. How long have we known each other? You know me better than that. I don't, I'd, I'd love at some point, if anyone's got a spare room, that we could just see what it would look like if Richie plastered it. That would be amazing. Get in touch with the show. Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Once this madness has calmed down, we'll get him to come and plaster a wall. So would you agree, right, that sometimes there are things about your local area, good things about your local area, that are right in front of your nose, but because you're too busy getting on with stuff and just getting through day by day during particularly this lockdown, you don't really acknowledge it or notice it. Uh, allow me to clarify a little bit. Uh, I've been walking around a hell of a lot with our two-year-old Thea, as you know, lots of people are at the moment, just getting them out of the house so they don't destroy the place while doing the shared childcare thing uh, whilst working from home. And, and something about Southend and Leon C has just started to register with me, and I've noticed it, but without actually processing it. And the penny dropped the other day. I keep walking past wimpy restaurants. <laughs> to the point where it's almost like, you know, if there's a chase in a Flintstones cartoon, you, you'll see the same bit of background going past four or five times. Yeah. It's like that. There, there seems to be so many wimpy restaurants in um, Leon C and Southend. It, it made me like rush to a computer and try and work it out because we've got one around the corner from us here in Leon C. Walk down to our local board game shop, the board game hut in uh, Hamlet Court Road. There's one just up the road from there as well. So there's no, that's another wimpy. Then I think there's two in Southend itself, in Southend Centre. That that's four wimpy restaurants in like a two or three mile square. I think we have a right to claim here then in South End that we're the unofficial capital of wimpy restaurants UK. I don't want to sound like a stroppy kid, but that's unfair. I couldn't tell you where my nearest Wimpy was, and you've got four in the same town. I used to love going to Wimpy. <laughs> I reckon no matter what I do on my day-to-day -day business, I'm never more than about 200 yards away from a Wimpy restaurant in the South End area. It's just completely carpet bomb, blanket coverage. It's amazing. I've only been online for about five minutes. I've come back with some astonishing facts on all sorts of things. So my closest uh, wimpy is only eight miles away. I didn't realise it. So that's not too bad. Um, not there too bad. are. Here's the amazing thing, right? To back you up about Southend being the unofficial capital of wimpy in the UK. There are 67 wimpies in England, four of which are in Southend. That means wow. by my maths, 5.9% of all wimpies in England... Are in one town. 
That is amazing, isn't it? And it's like South End is is fairly big, but it's not massive as far as towns go. So that's a lot for our small town. We're nearly at six percent. That's huge. So we'd like to hear from you this afternoon if if you believe that where you live uh, is the unofficial capital of something. I decided to do a little bit of research about where I live, a comical little town called Ware. The town's not comical. The name is. It's tiny. It's only got a population of 18,000. I'm horrified to find out, and I'm going to have to word this very carefully. Yeah. It appears to be uh, the capital of, shall we say... Online adult entertainment. Oh, my word. You are joking, really? There is a website, and once again, I'm going to word things carefully. It's a family show. There is a website that ends in hub, um, and <laughs> a co- <laughs> it appears that in, the inhabitants of my town spend 10 minutes and 37 seconds per visit, which is longer than <laughs> anywhere else. That is unbelievable. I have to say, during this whole lockdown working from home experience, we've never had any problem with your bandwidth, have we, Richie? So it's <laughs> absolutely fine. Neil Crozier's just tweeted another fact in here which emboldens that claim. Scotland has got three wimpies in total. So there are more wimpies in South End than there is in the entirety of Scotland, apparently. What is your local area the unofficial capital of? That is outrageous. Uh, Richard's got me moving to Chelmsford, I think, soon. He says Chelmsford has about 100 McDonald's. I, I, I'm, I, I think he might be massaging the stats a little bit, but um, I'm going to check that one out. And Mark says Enfield, not too far away from me. First ever cash point in the world. Now, I mean, I, it, hopefully it's got more than one cash point, but first in the world, that is, that is something to claim. Barclays Bank and it's gold, and it was opened in 1967. I love that. There's a bit of an argument going on as well in terms of uh, people claiming to be the unofficial capital of roundabouts. Now, Ray Skeet says on our Facebook page, it's Swindon. Obviously, I spend a lot of time in Bristol uh, to go to Swindon now and again for different things. I'm sure they were always saying in Swindon that they had the most roundabouts in the world. So are we going to uh, agree and, and ratify Ray's claim that Swindon is the uh, unofficial capital of roundabouts? I'm not ready to yet. I would have voted Milton Keynes. They're famous for their roundabouts and their concrete cows. I thought Swindon just had one big magic roundabout. Claire Dolman says, guys, Hall in the black country is definitely the capital of the Poundland Empire. The bloke (laughs) who set it up used to have a market stall selling what I know now to be priceless Star Wars figures. That's in the mid-80s. He's done pretty well for himself. Uh, Will says, Worthing, where I am, unofficial capital of Tesco. There's 11 in total. Every corner you turn, you're in Tesco. Tesco. It's unbelievable. Will, hey, look, there are show sponsors, Tesco Mobile. We're very happy with that. We'd move there. Let's, we have to go and do a grand tour or something like that at some point when we can get out and about yeah. again. Um, so these are people who've got like an embarrassment of, of riches in their local area. Let's speak to someone who's got the direct opposite, almost like a criminal deficiency of, of a certain thing. Malcolm, explain what's going on in your neck of the woods. Well, yeah, I mean, I stay in Fife in Scotland and um, we have got not one, not two, but we have three Burger Kings for a population of nearly six million. (laughs) That's weird. So what do you think the kind of uh, the logic is behind this, this application of this amount of Burger Kings for that amount of people? I have no idea. It's not like we don't like a burger. You know, it's not like Scotland is renowned for its healthy eating. (laughs) I mean, very basic maths says that uh, if the population of Fife wake up and want a bacon double cheeseburger, um, there's two million people queuing at each different Burger King. Well, here's the thing, there's 325,000 people live in Fife, and there is no Burger King. 
weird. So that, that you feel in Scotland, you're not being served well, not only by Wimpy restaurants, but by Burger King as well. I think it's time for a change. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And you know what? We're not being served by Burger King. We're not being served by Wimpy. Oh, Malcolm, we're talking oh. burger, Burgernomics here. Um, have, have I just misunderstood everything spectacularly? Were you saying that there's only three Burger King in Scotland full stop? Yes. Wow. That, I, I, I'll, I'll be with Richie on this. At first, I thought you were just talking about Fife. Now the penny's dropped. No. You mean the entirety no. of Scotland? Yes. If you go into, if you go into the website and have a look, um, you, you'll be... I don't know, you'll either be disappointed or you'll just burst through laughing, one of the two. Malcolm, you can do what you want, but I would be marching on Holyrood right now. Nah, I can't find... I, th- I think there is a Burger King in Glasgow. I think there's one in Edinburgh. And I think the other one is in Aberdeen. Wow, amazing. <laughs> awesome, that's great, man. Good to speak to you. Thanks so much, fella. That's brilliant. Yeah, you, you guys take it easy. Uh, we heard about Enfield earlier on uh, being the world's first cash point, Barclays, 1967. It's a gold one because it's the first one. Many of you uh, adding on to that fact gets even more astonishing. Reg Varney from On The Buses, one for the kids, was the first person to ever use the first cash point in Enfield. Strange. That is unbelievable. And there must be photos of that. Because it's not like Reg just walked up there and did it and found out afterwards, oh, I was the first one to use it. That sounds like a ceremonial opening to me in, in many ways. So if we can find a photo of uh, Reg from on the buses using that cash point in Enfield, we'll get it to you by the end of the show this evening. <laughs> Meanwhile, let's wrap up uh, this particular subject by speaking to Steve. Steve, what is your local area the unofficial capital of? Uh, golf courses, I think. Um, because okay. there's about eight within two to three miles of uh, of the main station in Northwood. Okay, and what? So you're in Northwood in Middlesex. So are yeah. you a golfer then? Is this brilliant for you because you're surrounded by golf courses? Uh, my dad is, um, but I'm not. I mean, I can play, but I just don't have the time. <laughs> and we're not allowed out now. No, okay. that is a very good point. All those golf courses, none of them can you go for a walk on? Uh, no, because they're all shut and they're all private land. So, Steve, we had a guy on the phone yesterday who we were talking about, like, uh, people confessing their sins during lockdown. Him and his little lad were riding up and down the golf course, the local golf course, using it for jumps and that. As someone who's into golfing, your dad's a golfer, how does that make you feel? Well, it's going to create a bit of rough, I feel. Um, <laughs> it's going to make it difficult. Also going to create some sleepless nights for the poor greenkeeper. This is two shows running now where I've started getting angry about these scallies riding up and down golf courses. Stop it. It's not on. No, no, absolutely not. Um, I can confirm there's no Burger King in my town, but one thing there is on my high street, and it's really starting to affect my toddler, is a newsagent. But Bush, I think it's become Rocco's enemy. If it's possible for a newsagent, a shop, to be someone's enemy, then this is exactly what it is. Let me explain. Um, We have to go in this place once a month. Uh, for me to buy a top-up voucher for my son's mobile phone once a month. That's all we ever do. But, but whenever do you get we your, in... do you get your electricity key topped up in there as well? Then, <laughs> all right, look, I'm tight. Okay. <laughs> and whenever we go in, he cries. He cries whenever we go in. On all the other days of the month, as we walk past it, he sits there in his pushchair and he goes, "Daddy, I don't like that shop." I don't like that shop, Daddy. I, mean, I, I, know, I know you don't like that shop. Don't worry, we're not going in. We don't need a top-up voucher today. All right? <laughs> but whenever it comes to it, always tears. I'd go as far as saying he has a non-human enemy. So it did make me wonder, 
Do you have an enemy in your life? But, and here's the important thing, it's an enemy that isn't a human being. He must really dislike that news agent because normally for kids, news agents is just like absolute, you know, heaven, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because they've got all their magazines in there, which have got plastic toys that aren't worth the cover price of the magazine itself, like Teletubby ones, get hold of them. (laughs) Toys at eye level, fantastic, get hold of them. But there's something about that shop that he just doesn't like and he's not interested at all, kind of makes him want to start crying. That's crazy, isn't it? I think what it is, it's one of those shops where you open the front door and there's like a little buzzer that goes, oh! (laughs) I don't think he likes the noise. I don't even like the noise of that. I'm not going in there ever again. Well, can, I'll chuck <laughs> one in for you as well, right, in terms of a dislike of something that isn't a person. And it's a bit of a weird one. I absolutely hate the induction hob on our cooker with all my heart. It won't. It's really like fussy about what pots and pans it uses, and then it bleeps if you rest anything on it, even just for a second, <laughs> even if it's not on, and you've got no intention of turning it on. Like if you rest a tea towel on it, it starts beeping. It's, it's, I hate the damn thing. Do you cry like my son with the news agent? Sometimes, if it won't cook eggs... <laughs> When I want it to, it makes me there cry. There you go. You also have a non-human enemy. Andre, oh, I'll back you up on this. Cling film. I would absolutely oh. say cling film is an enemy of me. I don't understand. How, how do you use, how has that even survived and is still a thing? Just one little tug of that and it just, oh, statically goes up on itself. Or you'll, you'll, you'll cut yourself on the serrated edge of the, I hate cling film. Hate it. Do you know, if, if cling film was a football player, it'd be like Neymar constantly simulating and diving. Oh, oh rolling around the floor. And that's why I feel, how I feel about my induction hob in our, in our, I mentioned it earlier on in our kitchen. It's Neymar. It's constantly play acting and, you know, uh, crying wolf when it's not even got an issue. Dexter's tweeted to say that his non-human dislike is actually my induction hob. And he adds, I haven't got one, but I've always hated them anyway. Dexter, thanks for your support. I think we've just reached peak home time. If Kling Film was a footballer. Uh, Taz says, uh, my non-human enemy is our tumble dryer. Uh, when it finishes, it beeps every five seconds to say to everyone it's ready, but it isn't. The door won't open until it's cooled down, which can be a further seven minutes later. <laughs> I hate it. That would drive me mad. I think that's fair. Grant, we hear you have an enemy. Oh, even if I could kill it, I would. <laughs> what is it? It's my car. It started back in 2019, like Christmas 2019, and all last year and all the beginning of this year, she's been constantly breaking down. It's been in uh, the garage since uh, just before Christmas. Wow, so it must be a weird feeling. And you, you could admit this on the show this evening. Do you actually technically hate your car? You're against your car? It's your enemy? Yes. Yes, it is. It's cost me £200 since Christmas to get into work. Wow. Grant, I can understand why you hate it. I've got visions of uh, Basil, Hall, uh, Basil Forty and uh, a red mini on the, uh, on the corner of a road <laughs> and you thrashing <laughs> a branch at it. <laughs> Uh, I want to do something to it, but... <laughs> well, Graham, can I ask you another question? Normally, the, the end of this would be, I guess, you selling the car on and passing this curse to another person, but trying to keep it on the lowdown. You know, a bit like selling houses, that kind of thing. Do you secretly <laughs> want to have it crushed? That'd be quite That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it, to actually get it crushed, even though you don't need it to be crushed? Oh, yes, that'd be very satisfying watching that get crushed. <laughs> <laughs> Grant, how old is your car? Um, it's a 04 model, so quite old. <laughs> You need to get involved in Absolute Radio Pays Your Bills this evening then, fella. £15,000. Get yourself sorted out for a new one. I've done the the maximum text, so I'm hoping you call me back in a little while. Do you know what? If we end up calling Grant after six, I mean, I'd be pleased for you, but it's going to look proper shifty. 
It oh, really I'd, will. I'd be over the moon if you called me. It means I can get a new car and sort out my house. <laughs> we wouldn't be your enemies if you won that tonight. But what is your non-human enemy? What is it, Paul? It's sealant. Sealant. You basically, yeah. yeah. And it hates me. What can sealant um, cause hatred for, Paul? It's, it's merely something that stops baths and window frames from leaking, surely. It surely does, yeah. But have you ever tried doing it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I don't think I ever have. It always looks like it should be easy, like maybe piping some icing around a cake or something like that, but it's not that easy then, is it? It's really, really not, and it really, really doesn't like me at all. I have tried to seal once, uh, tried to seal a bath, and it's not as easy as it looks. I would give, uh, I would certainly agree with that. And also, I'd give you a little tip. If you're sealing a bath, uh, seal it full of water. That's correct, yes. That, that's what happens. That's what you do. Okay, so you, you did the whole fill it full of water trick. Thought you were absolutely acing it, uh, fella, but it still didn't really work. It, it's weird. It just doesn't look the best. That's, that's, that's what I'll say. Ah, the smoking gun. Maybe <laughs> it isn't the sealant's fault. You're probably right, but, you know, that's my excuse and that's what I'm sticking to. Okay, cheers, Paul. Happy grouting. Uh, Leighton, we hear you've got one as well. Uh, I have. Uh, 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 well, a non-human enemy, it's my wardrobe. Okay, uh, please tell everyone what your wardrobe's been doing to you that makes it your enemy. Um, if it's closed, I cannot sleep, and if it's open, I can. Um, basically, because if it's closed, there are aliens in there. If it's open, there aren't. Now, you see, Leighton, I reckon most people would have it the other way round and and have a bit of a problem if there's, like, a, a little crack in the door of the wardrobe. They think someone's spying on them, but you're the opposite. Oh, yeah. I, well, if I know there's nothing... If, if, I, if I can see into it, I know there's nothing in there. If it's closed, there could be anything behind that door. I, I, I get the feeling that we're, like, trying to keep Leighton on the phone whilst the police are on the way to his house. Do you know what I mean? Just keep him talking or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, please do. <laughs> I don't know what's in there. <laughs> Leighton, awesome to talk to you. Thanks, fella. Thank you very much. So the weird thing is about the past couple of days is that I don't know if anyone else has been doing this. I've been watching non-stop CNN news, absolutely obsessed with the whole American presidential uh, handover of power and stuff like that. And uh, One thing that came to light uh, yesterday was that Joe Biden revealed that Donald Trump, despite having a right old huff about having to leave the White House, uh, left him a letter. He hand wrote a letter to Joe Biden and left it on the desk, I think, in the Oval Office to welcome him. And the contents of the letter, Biden says, is between him and Trump. So it's got this kind of air of mystique and enigma about it. But I, whole, I love that whole thing. And this happens quite a bit where if you move into somewhere... Sometimes you either find something that's left for you by the previous tenant or owner on purpose, or you find something of theirs by accident. I mean, I'll never forget uh, when we redecorated our house in Bristol, in fish ponds in Bristol, stripped the wallpaper off the spare room, and whoever was in there before had written in huge red paint, like massive, like someone out of The Shining, Michael's room. <laughs> it was terrifying. I would love to have been left a note by the uh, the previous people who uh, who lived in this place. Been here four years now. I can remember to this day moving in. And we got here, the removal truck's here, just after sort of midday, standard stuff and all that kind of stuff. And the uh, the side door to the ginnel was, was left hanging off the hinges. They'd actually bust the door of the ginnel on moving out. So there was no note, but the, the, the door was hanging off the hinges. So the day one of moving into a house, I'm having to rehang a door, which 
is one of the worst things to do. So they were so keen to get out of that house, they bust the ginnel door right off its hinges. <laughs> you got it. Uh, Robin uh, says they found a full cat litter tray <laughs> under oh. the stairs. Now, that's oh, not an no. accident, is it? That's, that's been left there on purpose, which is a horrible thing to do to the next people. It's not, it's not an accident. It's a warning. What a horrible. That is a horrible, <laughs> yeah. horrible thing. And I absolutely love this tweet that's just come into the show from Oliver King, who says, and this is unbelievable, while digging our, in our garden, I found a small box with my name on. It turns out it was the previous owner's dog that had been buried there, and he was also <gasps> called Oliver. How creepy is that? I would move out instantly. That, that is a sign and not one that you want. Sharon from Melksham says she was stripping wallpaper and found some writing that says, Kevin Canaletto, 13th of November, 1976. And yes, the wallpaper did look old. So this might be this thing. I've heard about it with painter and decorators where sometimes uh, very narcissistically sign their own name and date underneath their wallpaper job. So it's like, a, I don't know, the way uh, uh, Da Vinci would sign something that he'd made. <laughs> Tales of another decorator here from Craig in Aloha uh, says, I've worked in hundreds of houses that people have moved into and the amount of underwear you find down the back of radiators from previous tenants is unbelievable. That's just so grim. Oh, please, if you're moving house, check behind the radiators for, for discarded scats. No one needs to see that. Only thing, just going back to the uh, bespoke uh, plastering chat uh, that you heard at the beginning of this episode. That's why you come here for this. Oh, yeah. The only thing I've still got to do is I've still got to get the rest of the wallpaper off before this plaster fella comes. And uh, I have, it's been criticised, I've had criticism for my, the way I'm getting the wallpaper off. Apparently I'm using too much hot water uh, and a lot of the previous plaster has blown. Oh no! So you, the guy's going to come in and tut and uh, rub his face and put his hands on his hips because of your work beforehand, your prep work. Yeah, he's going to turn around to my wife and go, "This is why I'm here, and you're not doing it yourself, isn't it?" You've been listening to the Home Time Show on Absolute Radio. When you go home, you've been listening to the Home Time Show. The, the last, last bit, bit of, of the no repeat guarantee. Soon, May, your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel. The Home Time Show is about the Essex Loop, the bird invasion, and I hate for Bing. The Home Time Show, we speak of pundit shoes and a lass called Leona. Soon may your tea will come, you can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel.